living and surviving are two different things. Today's special guest is Dr. Talanda Thomas, founder and president of New York Musician Center. Please give a warm warrior welcome to Dr. Talanda. Dear Life Warriors, it's me, Shar, your favorite corporate life coach. And today I have another special guest. Her name is Dr. Talanda Thomas. We are so excited to have her on the show because she is the founder and president of the New York Musician Center, as well as Millionaire Marketing Mentor. She's also won awards, you guys. Oh my goodness. School of the Year voted in 2022 Best of Long Island Music School. We're so excited to hear about that. But she has a lot of things going on. And like all my guests, she actually have a story. So let's welcome Dr. Talanda to the show. Thank you, Shar. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. No, I'm excited to have you because I see that you have been, your school have been showcased on various news network. Yes. Um, I know that you started your journey to entrepreneurship at like the age of 21. You got it. Yep. Okay. Tell me all about it. How did that start? What were you doing at 21? <laughs> <laughs> at 21, I was doing a lot of what, um, well, I was going to say a lot of things that other people aren't doing, but really most 21-year-olds are figuring it out. And that's what I was doing. So I kind of was thrown into entrepreneurship because, um, you know, my background, I came from upstate New York, a very, uh, you know, wonderful middle-class family. But, um, you know, I was a troublemaker. I was uh, the youngest of three kids. And um, by the time I was 16, I was in high school, I was pregnant. And I had my, yeah, Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I had my um, my oldest son when I was a junior in high school. And what I found very quickly is that I needed to figure things out just for survival. Yeah. And, um, you know, at that time, a lot of people kept telling me, no, you'll, you'll never be able to go off to college. No, you'll never be able to pursue the things that you want to pursue. And I think I spent my, uh, you know, my earliest years just getting used to hustling and hustling. I brought my son with me to college. And, um, and so my dream was to go to New York City and to pursue music. And that's how I fell into owning a business. Because when I got to New York City, I, I went with no job, I had nothing lined up. And all I knew that I had were bills. And somehow I needed to find a way to use my skills in order just to survive and to feed myself and my son. So when I was 21, I think it first started because one skill I had was that all my life I had taken piano lessons, well, really as a preteen and teenager. And, um, and I love singing. I went to college for music. And so I was like, well, if this is all I have, if this is my resource, I guess I have to learn how to turn that into something that I can monetize. And so from my studio apartment, I started teaching music lessons there. And um, yeah, so really it started off as survival when I first was in college and graduated college. And, um, and really it's it's turned and morphed into something way bigger than I could have ever, ever expected. No, I'm, I'm seeing the morph. I'm like, whoa, this is a, this, you are a big deal. But before we get to where you are now, because you brought up something very interesting, which is I too, I had my first daughter at 20. I was pregnant at 19, had her at 20. I am now like a 44 year old grandma. Let me say that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I am a grandmother. 
<laughs> this just happened, by the way, um, last month. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a whole new world. But one of the things I realized about my journey, having my daughter so young, was that I think I spent a lot of years trying to make up for not being, you know, the next statistic from the neighborhood where, you know, you're a young single mom, you're not going to do anything with your life. Plus, I didn't want to disappoint my mom. But I I found that I, I did a lot. I kept, you know, trying to make sure that I did not become what everybody thought I was going to become. So do you, did you go through that similar experience where you felt like you were, you, yeah. you're constantly trying to make sure that. Yeah. I think that we go through it and I think so many women of color, especially go through it. And, um, and we don't even realize it. Like I never realized I'm what 37, almost 38. And I never realized until probably my mid thirties that everything that I was doing was always because I don't think that a lot of people expected a lot of things from me, but I always expected and tried to prove my worth. But, you know, then I think at a certain point I started realizing, wait, am I trying to prove it to other people or for myself? And it changed who I was trying to prove it to. But even, I mean, I got my, my doctorate degree when I was 27. And at that point I was thinking, well, you, you've done well, you, you did what you were supposed to do. I was successful in my career at the time, but when is enough going to be enough? You know, and I think that's something that all of us, especially women of, women of color who or especially young moms who um, who try to avoid being a statistic, we we just spend so much time racing, racing and trying to overperform. And I think that's why so many of us are high performers, because yeah. we feel like we have to be. Yes. And it worked out, I guess, to our benefit as well, because, you know, now we are entrepreneurs. We are um, successful in our own right as well. We have something to actually pass down and hand down to our kids, which is amazing. Yes. Now, I know you are about to receive the Young Gibson and Black Entrepreneur Award. Yes. Thank you. Our good friend Carl Gray. He's doing an amazing job with that foundation. Yes. What exactly are you getting your award for? I'm getting my award for uh, mentorship and education and, and marketing and music. And um, I think it sums up what I do because um, when I first started my business, I was very, very fortunate. Um, I was in college. I was had actually just was about to graduate. And I had a friend who told me, start an LLC. And I was like, what do you mean start an LLC? I didn't even know I'm 21. I don't know what an LLC is. And she was like, girl, let me help you set it up. And it was making no money. I was doing nothing with it, but I was like, wait, I could be a business owner. And, um, and so I spent the remaining years since then really learning and perfecting how to run businesses and be a great marketer, which right. is something I never knew about. And so I had someone who mentored me. Um, and that's something that now that I love doing, I, I hated being stuck and unsuccessful and yeah. wanting to achieve something and not knowing how to get there. And I never want people to feel what I felt and to go through that hurdle just because they don't have access to um, the information. They don't know who to look to, to for mentorship in right. business. And so I'm super excited for the award because I think it combines not only what I do in, in music. And I mean, we have um, over 900 students who come to our music school every week. I was going to say 700. I thought I read 700. But <laughs> we are always growing. Yes. Yeah, so we are over 900 students now. And, um, and 
just what we share through music and just giving people a passion and a skill, but also in what I do with coaching and really helping people to, um, to learn how to take whatever skill or passion that they have and to be able to serve in their community. I think that is so important and it is my life's mission and it's what gets me excited enough every morning. Yes. And, you know, I also saw that you had to pivot because one of the things that happened with COVID with a lot of businesses, we had to figure out, okay, how are we going to take our services online? Now you successfully did that with music lessons, which I would think would be a little bit difficult to do. Was it challenging trying to transition (laughs) to a virtual world for they have to have, you know, the piano, the, what if they didn't have one at home? Yeah, (laughs) it it was COVID definitely was one of the most trying times in my life for so many different reasons, because not only was I running this music program that at the time had 700 students, I was also a school public um, educator and administrator. And so here I am worried about the kids in the public schools and then our kids in the private school. And I'm like, what am I going to do to quickly try and save this? Because I'm also part of a network of music school owners. And I know so many people who just said, okay, it's time to walk away. Yeah, they gave up. They gave up. And it was so easy. And if there was a time to walk away, that would have been it. But, you know, I had to get my teachers on a call, my staff. And as soon as I kind of felt it coming, and I felt it coming because I took some performers to go to Broadway. I'll never forget. It was like March 3rd that year, March 4th. We went to a Broadway show and we saw a couple people with masks. And I was like, oh, maybe this is about to, we really were there the day before Broadway shut down and I could feel it, something big was happening. So we quickly knew before everything shut down, we closed a couple days before they shut businesses down. And we set up Zoom accounts for all of the teachers at the time. I think we had about 40 teachers on staff and all of the students. So they're home. And like you said, we have beginner students who, how are they going to sit through an online lesson? How are they possibly going to do this? This is before we had to do this Zoom thing, you know? Um, and we had kids with no instruments that we had to set up curbside, pick up, had to bring, get instruments to them, whatever we had to do. Wow. We just did it. And it was tough. And I mean, there was blood, sweat, and literal tears. tears. <laughs> you know, it was the most trying time ever. But I will say it really reminded me of the importance of a team and of people and, um, and how people really can rally together to, you know, if they see that you're willing to keep going, to keep something working when everybody else in their life is walking away, it means something. Resilience people at its best right there. Oh my goodness. I probably would have been one of those people like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) That was the time to do it. (laughs) So, wow, that is amazing, which now leads me to, I know you have a book called Screw the Business Plan that was also a bestseller. Tell us a little bit about that. And what do you mean, screw the business plan? Because my whole life I've been hearing, you need a business plan. You need a business plan. Yep. 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 Um, I think like analysis paralysis, just people get stuck planning things. I'm an over planner. I want to see things go Great. But um, when I was 21 and I first was trying to launch my business, I was planning and I was making flyers and I was, you know, trying to I was trying to do things that were never going to help my business grow. I didn't know that you just had to go. You had to commit and you have to try things out and you have to fail over and over again. Just take steps. Just take steps, you know, 
And so Screw the Business Plan, um, I'm really excited about that book because it was about not only my journey of um, going from not being profitable, having a business on paper that wasn't doing anything to what it actually took and the actual steps. And it talks about the main things that people need to focus on, the resourcefulness, the resiliency, um, getting getting mentorship, having a network. I mean, those are the things that you need to have a successful business. And some people, they're so busy just going through, just trying to write up a plan that's never going to happen that they never reach out to people who are where they want to be. They never figure out how to market. They never invest in themselves because they're afraid. So they get stuck on paper. And if there's anything that I could ever tell people is, you know, screw the business plan, forget sitting there and just trying to make something perfect. There's net, as my grandmother would say, there ain't no perfect nothing. You just have to just, you know, commit and try it out, fail, try it again, try something different and just keep trying different things until you figure out what works. Figure out. How do you think you walk differently in the world now that you do have a successful business? Do you feel like you move differently? I do. I do. I I walk in gratitude every day. Um, I'm so grateful for the experiences I've gained, the the good, bad, and indifferent. I am so grateful for my people, my teams. Like today is our payroll day, and I'm sitting there getting my teams together. I'm like, guys, we have to make sure everything's done. And all I could think when I woke up this morning, I was like, man, I gotta pay these. I gotta pay these sixty people. But I was like. I get to pay these 60 people. No, I was about to say, you said that with a smile on your face. Today's payroll day. It's payroll. Listen, I am so blessed that 60 people depend on me to feed their themselves. Like, come on. I, I live a wonderful, wonderful life. And when you get grateful for the things that matter and just to be able to have, yeah, responsibility is a lot, but it's a great responsibility. I love doing for other people. And I love what people do for, you know, for our, our company. And I just add me to your payroll since you love yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you all my information. <laughs> there we go. I feel you. <laughs> no, but you know what, can you pinpoint when you made that transition from being um, from your, your studio apartment to transitioning into a brick and mortar? Cause I think you do have actual um space in long island right i do i have two oh yes (laughs) get it right yes Yes. we have two spaces two beautiful spaces remember that moment of i'm actually at that point where i could number one have payroll and now i'm in a building yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a burn the bolts moment. So my background is as an educator. So I went to college to be a a um, school music teacher. And I did that when I first graduated. So when I was 21, I formed the business, but the business wasn't doing too much. And I did what I knew. I got a job as a teacher. My mother was a teacher. Um, I knew I could teach. I had the background. So I was teaching sixth grade, loved it, loved my job. But one day I was sitting there and um, I was proctoring the state exams and I got um, not a pink slip, but they gave you a slip letting you know if you were on the bottom five, if your job might be in jeopardy, if the budget didn't go through. And I knew if they had a way to keep me, they would want to keep me because I was excellent at my job. But they had to let me know that, hey, in seniority, you are one of the five lowest people who came in recently in the district over the last several years. And I was like, wait, are you telling me no matter how great I do in my job, no matter how successful I am in what I do, I'm a number 
And mm. my great position, six-figure position here in New York could be gone as soon as somebody said it was because my number's up. And that didn't sit right with me. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I've busted my behind to do well. You know, I've got two wonderful sons and I want to do well for them. And you're telling me that I could have no income in a matter of months, just poof, gone. So for me, as I, as I was proctoring that day, I was like, you know what? Let me start driving up the streets. And actually, that is how I got both my locations, by the way, is just by driving the community, driving the streets where I wanted to be. And that's how I found and got into the locations that I got into. Um, one of them, the, the most recent one, the one I'm at right now, we ended up taking over and buying out uh, who was here before. But I was driving past here every day and thinking, well, you know, what could I do if I was there? How different would the signage be? What would I do if I, you know, so first of all, you have to manifest and, and visualize what is that you want and do the work. But for me, knowing that somebody could just cut off my, my money at any point in time, I was not okay with that. And so that made me literally within that two weeks, I signed the lease on the place, had no money for the place, had no idea how I was going to come up with it, but you have to have faith and, and a, you know, a plan and you have to be smart. But also a lot of people are like, wait, I can't do this because they don't tap into their resources. They think that all they have is what's in their bank account. They don't realize we just walk around. If you walk around and think about what you have, the resources right. you have from your mind, from your connections, you right. have so much that you just don't tap into. Don't so tap into. that that was my moment when, when I got a space. Wow. And I love what you said when you said you you have to manifest, visualize, and do the work. Yes. I think the third thing is what people always forget. Mm -hmm. You still have to do some work to get yeah. there. Whatever that looks like for you, you still have to actually do something. You don't just visualize. You now start, and that's where the baby steps come in. That's so important. Just start to walk the walk, and then life will, and resources, like you said, will be like, hey, here I am. Remember me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to become who you have to think and believe that you are the person who you want to become and create that character ahead of time. I mean, the me who I want to be, I'm hoping to get to her, but I've already written out who she is, how much money she makes, who she lives with, who she surrounds herself with. But you have to figure out who that person is going to be. And then you have to become that person. And so every day you're doing the work to make you one step closer to that person. Yes. So, yeah. That is so beautiful because I do talk about creating your story and your life is what you make it, you know, your movie, just pretend you're writing, whether it's a book, a movie, whether you're in a video game, whatever it is, you just said, you know, I already created that character. I'm still working to get to her. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, the moment. <laughs> well, I believe it. You know, some of my friends, they may think I'm crazy. I'm like, listen, the, the character's already been created. They they will talk about who I am when I'm gone because that's how big the things that I plan on doing are going to be. But if I'm okay with where I'm at, okay. I mean, listen, I do very well for myself. I'm I could be happy right here and say, okay, I'm gonna sit down. That's what I did, but that's not where I'm going. I think that if we figure out I can always become better. I can always do something yeah. more and grow towards that. Um, and like you said, do the work, do the work. You know, it, it makes life so much different. I love, yeah. oh, I love that. You also doing, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I know you don't have much time and I want you to talk about your scholarship and mentorship program a little bit. Um, you have that foundation. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. 
What do yes. you do with that? Where can we get the money? <laughs> yeah, right. So I guys, I, I'm so passionate about helping other people. Um, I think my life has become what it's been because I have found different mentors along the way. Um, whether it was as a young child, a piano teacher, um, just so many different people who took a little bit of extra time to pour into me. And it, you know, it made such a difference. And so that is what my foundation, the Dr. Talanda Thomas Foundation is all about is really being able to pour into people and kids to be able to get them both the mentorship and the scholarships that they need. Because I remember when I was heading to college, um, I didn't have the money for it. You know, and my parents, I was the youngest and they were pretty much done. And, um, you know, I had to figure out. And when I had to jump through so many hoops, there are so many people who just can't access what they should be entitled to. And um, and we don't want to see all of our kids just raking up a whole bunch of debt. So, you know, I love that we have such wonderful people who give to our organization. Anybody who would like to give can feel free to do so at drtalandathomasfoundation.org. And we also, um, if you go on there and if you contact us, if there are any, if you know someone who is an at-risk youth, maybe they've lost a parent or maybe they just have lost their way or maybe they just need a little extra push and they need some mentorship or they need a little bit of assistance with scholarships and not just for college, but even just for training and um, and skills and whatever it is that they're into could be martial arts. Maybe it's something we want to give our kids skills that they can use throughout their life, not just for making a life and career for themselves, but also to help them get through and to cope with this thing called life, you know, and skills are extremely important. And education is something that I believe can really change your life. It can change your zip code, it can change everything for somebody. And that's what we're all about. So I'm very, very excited about continuing to grow out the nonprofit organization. Awesome. There you have it, my life warriors. I mean, I think you've taken away a lot of gems and nuggets today. I'm inspired. I know you are. If you had to leave us with one last thing, Dr. Talanda, what would you want the life warriors to know just about life, just about any entrepreneurship, whatever it is that's on your heart that you want to say, please say it. I would say a lot of people create their story based off of their failure, and they think that that's the reason why they can't do the next thing. But I want to challenge everyone to find all of their failures, write your failures, not just your successes, write those two, but those failures are monumental. Those failures are your superpower. Those failures are things that other people have never experienced. And they're the thing that can take you to the next level. They are better. I think failure is so much better than any success because you now have education on what to do and what not to do. And you can turn around and help somebody with that. So use your failures as not only a stepping stone, but your superpower to take you where you want to be, because that's what's going to get you there. We have superpowers. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Talanda, for being here. And to my life warriors, do know that there is a coach out here that loves you. 